guys, welcome back to The Right Type. Today I'm here with Chloe Gong, who is the author of These Violent Delights, which is out later this year. And in today's episode, we'll be talking about navigating publishing while trying to study at university as undergrads. Chloe is one of my good friends, and I'm so excited to discuss all the stuff to do with ageism, as well as trying to get published while you're quite young, and just all the pros and cons that come with that. So Chloe, can you just introduce yourself to everyone? Tell us about you, your book, and just your experience in brief. Hello, um, I'm Chloe, and my book, These Violent Delights, is my debut YA fantasy coming out from Simon Paul Simonish used to November 17th this year. Um, do I study in university? Um, I'm a double major in English and international relations at the University of Pennsylvania in America, but I am not American, as you can tell. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I used to think that Pennsylvania, um, if it's there, I don't know where, I don't know where it is. <laughs> was like the place Transylvania and then like the vampires and stuff but um I was yes. very young so I, I thought that too up until like 13 like I don't know what you guys young but I thought that for a while as well but apparently it's Transylvania and Pennsylvania but I think it makes sense why people get mixed up to be honest yeah. where, where is um your university like what state uh so it's in Pennsylvania, but Philadelphia. So it's like the very east coast of the giant state. Because Pennsylvania is like huge. Like I didn't know how big America was until I got here. And people were like, yeah, it takes like eight hours to like drive to the other side of the state. And I was like, what the fuck? Wow. Yeah. I can't relate. <laughs> right? Right? Literally, like the entirety of New Zealand, you could drive from the west coast to the east coast in like three hours, I think, along the thinnest part. Like London to Scotland is like, well, where I live in Scotland is like, um, I'd say ten hours, or like depending if you're driving very fast. Uh But if you're not, then um, it's like fourteen hours. Wow, and that's two different like countries, cities. I mean, it's countries, but like they're like, yeah, they're in the same land. Mm -hmm. So. But yeah, yeah. Like, like America is crazy. Like when I was on the plane going to New York, I was so shook mm. because like they were like, oh yeah, we're landing in like two hours. And I was like, I can see the land. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh yeah, I'm Farida and my book is Ace of Spades and it's coming out in January, 2021. And I study also a double major. Well, until I get to drop out of one of them because I'm tired. Um, Wait, you're dropping out of one of them? Yeah, I can't do it anymore. I know it's third year, but I'm tired. I can't do it. You know what? You're valid. You're valid for it. So for now, it's... um, I was doing three, actually. I was doing Chinese, English, and anthropology. And then I dropped Chinese in third year. And then at the end of third year, I'm also going to drop anthropology (laughs) and just do English literature. (laughs) That's valid. We love that for you. Thank you. Um, and could you tell everyone, like, your university journey, like, how you got here, basically? Yes. My university journey. Okay, so, well, I went to high school in New Zealand, so I very much took, like, a different path from everyone else, because most people in New Zealand just go to uni in New Zealand, as would be the norm. But, um, in my, I believe, we had five years of high school in New Zealand, so in my third year when we started our, like, national NCA exams, I was like, you know what? 
I want to apply to America. Um, so I took the SATs with a lot of like self-studying. And funny story, actually, originally I hadn't actually wanted to like apply to like a lot of schools in America. I was, uh, <laughs> my dream school was NYU because that's like everyone's dream school in like books and movies because we, we see it like everywhere. And I was like, I want that exciting New York life. Um, but when I, like, after I actually took SATs, I was like, well, I already have the big standardized test, so I may as well apply to a lot of places. So Penn was one of the schools that I applied to, and then I got in, and I was like, well, actually, I really like this school, so I'm going to go to it. So now I'm here in my junior year, so that's the third year out of four, and we're ready to graduate. Honestly, I can't wait to leave. I'm like, I mean, I don't know what I'm doing with my life, but at the same time, I don't want to be here. <laughs> Honestly, same. Well, I mean, I do want to be here in the sense that I want to put off, like, real life, you know? Yes. But I also don't know what I'm doing with real life, so, like, It's so annoying not knowing. Yeah. You know, it's not fun. It's just limbo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, for me, um, I'm a bit of, like, a wild person. I've been, like, <laughs> trying to, like, study how to get into university since I was, like, 13. And um, I know I was just, I was, I have no pressure for my parents. They're very, like, I don't know, they wanted a doctor and stuff, but, like, they weren't that, like, I don't know, strict. But I was very, like, okay, I need to know what I'm doing with my life at 13 years mm. old. So um, in the UK, you have to apply to five universities, and that's it. You can't, like go more than that i don't know how it is in new zealand but you have like a limit um and so i applied to five universities and um it was a very sad time and then (laughs) and now i'm in scotland at the university of aberdeen and yeah i'm having a great time wow i love the tone you said (laughs) Wait, that's so well. You can only apply to five schools? Yeah, if you do um, something like medicine, you can only apply to four schools for medicine. Oh, But if you apply... Wow. Yeah, I know. It's really... I don't know why the reasoning behind yeah. it. But I guess you'd be overwhelmed with... like If you got like all offers, I mm. guess it would be overwhelming, I, I think. So maybe that's why. Oh, that's true. Yeah, New Zealand doesn't have like a limit or anything, but we're kind of, uh, I guess, special in the sense that the only thing you need to get into school is a certain GPA in high school. So most people, once they know their high school final GPA, they know if they're in like school or not. Like, it's there's not a chance that the uni will reject them unless, wow. I don't know, special circumstances, I suppose. Wow. I feel like um, in the UK, the way it works is you get... Um, predicted grades so Ah. in year 12 which would be i don't know what the equivalent is um for you guys but i know what it is in america so year 12 is um 10th grade no i'm a liar it's 11th grade Mm. yeah and then yes and then year 13 is 12th grade and so um when you're in 12th grade you do something called a levels um Mm. when you're like in 12th grade and and 11th grade and um basically um, the first year you you don't have real grades so like they your teachers say okay I think you're going to get this and so you apply to universities what your when your teachers have predicted you're going to get and so the universities then give you an offer based on you getting that so there's a results day at the end of year uh, at the end of like your senior year 
and it's a very very depressing day people commit suicide it's oh, awful because like literally university yeah. starts like a month after that so you've like prepared everything you've told everyone you've gone into this university but you haven't really and then you may or may not get in so oh, yeah so they're, they're all conditional offers exactly i mean some universities give unconditional offers but people call that like heartbeat universities um so like they say that it's universities that you, you need a heartbeat to get in which is awful but um yeah. <laughs> i feel like uni doesn't matter that much and like i wish i didn't care that much when i was younger but yeah oh that's a mood I just, I've lost track of how, like, how many nights in high school I was just like, gotta get, like, a perfect score on this freaking exam because then I can get into college. And, like, in the long run, like, did it really matter that much? I don't think it did. No, I don't think so. Everything yeah. is just fake and a, a Every, construct. Life is fake. School is fake. <laughs> society is fake. <laughs> oh, my God. We're having an existential crisis. <laughs> it's only, what, like, ten minutes <laughs> what was your publishing journey like um alongside university tell us everything everything all the small details and the crying no i'm joking yes crying out um well let me think so i when i started freshman year of college i was very much like kind of not on a break from writing and that like I was consciously being like okay I, I'm gonna stop writing but I was just so busy because there was just a lot happening like adjusting to a new country new classes new schedule so I didn't really write that much but um so when I started freshman year it was kind of when I was getting the idea for these Island delights which would go on to you know be my debut um so I didn't really like, publishing in university doesn't really go, like, hand in hand. They don't really get on well. Um, so it was very much like I could only write when I was on break. Um, I finished the whole manuscript somewhere after freshman year because I didn't really have any other time to do it. Um, and I did all my, like, logistical stuff, like getting an agent, uh, revising, all in that summer. And... So sophomore year, it was very much just a lot of, like, waiting on submission. And then after I actually sold, which was last year, January, uh, when I was actually on, like, proper deadline, only then could I be like, okay, now I have to make publishing and university hold hands because otherwise I'm not going to survive. Um, and so anytime I was on deadline, I would have to, like, make a very strict, like, schedule to be, you know... Right now I have to do my assignment, now I have to do my book edits, etc, etc, and now I am still here, junior year. My, like, my edits are done, so now I can focus on schoolwork, but as soon as things come back in, it's very much like, yeah, gotta make it balance. And do you have a lot of contact hours? Contact hours? Like, um, do you have to go into lectures a lot, and like, do you have a lot of, like, class time? Yes, I'm oh, sorry. Do you hear that chopping in the background? So I found it hilarious that the last thing that Chloe said to me before she disappeared was, can you hear the chopping in the background? I feel like not only is it on brand, it was really scary. And I just heard someone like chopping with a knife and I was like, okay, she's a goner, but she's here. She just like, the phone reception was like bad. So um, take two. So I have to, the way that the American system works is that 
a lot of the classes are like participation based and especially a lot of my classes are really tiny like 10 person seminars so I do have to go in for a lot of the day some of my worst semesters when I had like six classes I I was in classroom like 11 a.m to 6 p.m so that would be like most of my day gone so yes (laughs) is that every day no so that, that would just be like every Wednesday or like in other semesters it would be like every Tuesday or Thursday depending on how my schedule goes but a lot of the time like most of my day is classes so wait I'm confused so every day do you have a class yeah well Monday to Friday I would have so if I have six classes in total then one class like it's every Monday and Wednesday, or another class is every Tuesday and Thursday. So every day I would have like two to three classes, depending on how my schedule works. I just, I can't relate. I don't know how you've done it, because (laughs) I feel like my experience was so much different. I'll go into my experience, but first I wanted to ask, um, so how was like getting an agent and like being on submission while like being at uni? Like in, like tell us everything. Everything. I I almost wonder if it was... So, my agent searching was in the summer, so it almost felt like I was kind of, like, on break away from uni, and it felt very separate. But on submission, I was... It was during the semester. Um, and I think it's kind of like a double-edged sword, because on one hand, uh, I was quite, like, distracted, like, from my, like, essays and assignments and stuff. Like, I didn't really have time to be, like, thinking that much about submission but on the other hand when I did start thinking about submission it was just like so many stresses coming from like different directions like oh my god I have to stress about my essay and I also have to stress about submission like why do I put myself through this so it was it very much depended on like the day and the mood I think on whether school was actually helping my submission stress or like exacerbating it that's interesting um and (laughs) So with me, um, pub- my publishing journey was like, so I started writing like a book to publish, like to get an agent when I was like in year 12, which is like obviously senior year. And then I queried that book and it failed. And then I wrote another book between the summer of like senior year and first year of uni. And I queried that book and it failed. <laughs> and then... Um, I wrote the like the book that sold um, and got an agent, Ace of Spades. I wrote it in my first year um, during my second semester because I had like, I always say I haven't got friends, which I feel like I don't. I have a lot of acquaintances, so I don't really have a social life. And so I just stay inside. And also the, the school structure in the UK, I'm going to say Scotland because that's what I know, because that's where I go. Um, but basically in Scotland, I'm in uni maybe twice a week for one hour. One hour, twice a week? Yeah. Wait, what? So, like, for example, um, so last semester in Scotland, I had... Actually, I was there three times a week, but, okay, so on Monday, I had one class, and it was only an hour long. Then Tuesday, I had no class. Wednesday, I had no class. And then Thursday, I had one class, which was two hours. And then Friday, I had a one-hour class, and that was it. Oh, my God. That's wild. Yeah. Like, I feel like um, I was barely at uni. And then when does your year end? Like, when does it start and end? 
Um, the American semester is, it's like end of August to this, uh, middle of December, so that's one semester, and then middle of January to April, no, middle of, middle of January to middle of May, I want to say, but that's just, that's my school. There are other ones that work on, like, trimesters and, like, quarterlies, or I don't even know how those work. Okay. Um, in the UK, most schools start at the end of September, or the beginning of October. Um, but with my school, um, they start the beginning of, of like September, like literally th- the first of September is usually the day. And then um, we have Freshers' Week and then it finishes, the first semester finishes Decem- like mid-December. And then we have second semester, which is from December, not December, sorry, January, like like midway through January, and then we finish in March for the year. There's like exams in like April, but like um, I do English, and so English doesn't really have exams. So, um, yeah, I just I'm finished with uni, and then I have like April, May, June, July, and August of a holiday. Wow, that's such a long summer too. Yeah, I feel like um, my university is just so chill. Although I will say that it's very hard still, even though it's quite chill. I've got so many essays and my reading list is wild. I think I had, last semester I had 25 books to read in 11 weeks, something like that, maybe 30. And we also have a bunch of essays. I had so many essays to do. So we haven't got many contact hours, but it's a lot of independent study and also a lot of things I have to go away and do. Like, that's just English. I had to also do, when I was doing anthropology as well, had to read, like, pages and pages per class. And it was just, like, articles that made no sense. And then with Chinese, we had, um, like, weekly exams, but also we had weekly, like, assessments based on each thing we've, like, each section we've gone through. Each week was, like, a section. So, for example, food or like drinks and so I think it's not a lot of contact hours in Scotland but it's a lot of work to do outside of class so how did you balance university with deadlines oh man did I that's the real question did I balance (laughs) um my first instinct is to answer poorly but like I don't really think it went that badly because at the end of the day my GPA is still okay um I think it was just sacrificing a lot of, like, late nights and, um, well, like, in America, the the extracurricular life is, like, almost as big as academic life, so when I first started, um, like, freshman year, I joined a lot of, like, clubs, um, and I, like, signed myself up for a lot of, like, volunteering opportunities and stuff, but by the time I was sophomore year and I had to, um, like start editing on deadline I just could not like do everything at once like if I had to get my essays in on time and also edit my book I just had to drop some things so a lot of my clubs and volunteering stuff just fell to the to the side um had to give up on that so I think I almost feel like if I if it's just studying for my degree and writing a book I can handle it if it's like writing my book and doing all the other university stuff, it's just like, I can't do it. It's, I have to choose. I have to pick and choose. 
Yeah, I've noticed like in TV shows that like in American schools, they're all trying to get like a lot of volunteering and like extracurriculars. And I'm always so confused. Right. Yeah, it's just so much of the culture. Like I asked my American friends, I'm like, well, why do you guys like do it? And they're like, I don't know. It's just what you do. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's, you know, fair enough. Wow. I did do some like um, extracurriculars. Like I'm on student council and I'm also like... Um, I'm like the head of some societies but like I didn't really um, I don't know I just feel like I don't sleep that's it I don't sleep and so there's more hours in the day for me to get stuff done that's the answer (laughs) sleep really does take up so much time right it's like what eight hours a day that's like you could write a book in eight I know you can't I'm joking Uh, actually, I've got a friend who wrote a book in three days, and it was a ninety thousand word book. What did they sleep? I don't think they did, and also they were really sick afterwards. Oh my god! <clears throat> yeah, I'm not surprised somehow. No, I just the idea of that makes me really stressed. So yeah, I'm just I'm sweating thinking about it. <laughs> um, and what are the pros and cons of publishing while at university? Oh man, we should just stick into our DMs and just start reading that out loud. <laughs> Let's. <laughs> <laughs> Let's. Okay, let me, let me, I actually, I prepared a list for this because I wanted to remember. Okay, I think the pros of publishing in university is just that, like, I feel like getting an early start can really almost help you see, like, if this is what you want to do and, like, shape your career around it, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, I think with me, I'm just, I wanted to get out there because, like, number one, I'm ready. I think that's the most important part. But number two, I also don't know what I'm doing with my life, like, at all. So I think publishing while in university kind of gives me this taste of, like, well, do I want to, like, go into an authorly kind of role? And then with my university degree, I can do something to supplement it. Or do I want, like, two completely different, like, lives? Do I want to pull a hat in Montana and be, like, different people? Um, Or, I don't know, just balance things out the way I want to. I think, really, I I know, like, how I want to do it if I'm just already out here publishing. Um, I also think, because we're, like, Gen Z, like, we're kind of the exact voice that people are looking for like YA fiction like not that non-Gen Z people can't write YA obviously they can because they're the majority but um I think we have just a certain voice that we still we still haven't forgotten what it's like to be a YA reader like if we're going to YA publishing and I think I think that's a really big pro because we have that certain layer of authenticity but of course there are so many cons. Like, people are condescending as fuck. Like, yes. People are so rude. Um, I think that there's a certain, like, it's it's a, how do I phrase this? People know that it's really, really rude to say that you can't get published if you're, like, re- if you're older. Like, it's a thing. Like, everyone knows it's, really rude and not true to say like oh older people can't get published but the same courtesy doesn't extend to younger writers like it's not 
it's still for some reason acceptable for people to go online and be like oh yeah you know teenagers suck they can't write jack shit it doesn't you know <laughs> people are just they don't respect younger writers and i think that really reflects when um people in university are trying to get published and they're open with their age um at least me personally, I did put my age in my career letter, but I know a lot of people, a lot of my friends who are my age, a lot of like my publishing friends, not my real life friends who aren't in publishing, but um, they either don't put their age in their career letter because they've had like agents remark that, you know, I don't want to sign someone who's so young, or they're just afraid that like people are going to see it and they're automatically going to judge that their writing is because they're in university yes i agree so much like i think with the pros i think that being so i don't know it's fresh in my memory of teenage years like me and you were both 21 and like we both wrote our book when we were 19 right Mm, yes and so like i feel like we're both we were both teenagers when we're writing the book and also we can kind of understand what like um our teen selves would have wanted to read and so um, <clears throat> we're not that detached from it. And also we're kind of the teenage people that will be still reading YA, I guess. So I don't know. I think it's a good advantage. And as you said, obviously it doesn't mean that people that are like not Gen Z can't write it. It's just that um, it just kind of gives us like, um, I don't know, a different look into that, a different perspective on how to write it. And also I agree with the cons so much. It's so irritating. People really look down on you they make whole threads on twitter saying how yes. oh my gosh people should like um i don't know people shouldn't be publishing young they're gonna have inflated egos they're gonna like they're gonna be bad writers there's the like assumption that people who get published young have never been rejected or something like just because you're publishing young it means that oh well, like suddenly everything was so easy for you and like that's not true like just because we got started young doesn't mean we didn't get as many rejections as you did like literally and also some people um they start like later and they don't face as much trials and it's also interesting because me and chloe were discussing this the other day how so many young writers in publishing are people of color and um it's interesting because i think that so many of us number one we have the layer of being people of color but people never take that into consideration when they're like criticizing young writers and thinking oh yeah it's easy for them but we're people of color so regardless it's going to be hard for us but also it kind of makes me think of like why that is that we're people of color like why there's so many of us and i think it comes from like um especially in the diaspora like very having the mentality that you have to work so much harder than the white kids around you and so we're always pushing ourselves and that's why so many of us are kind of publishing younger and i don't think it means that we have less quality it just means that we've like been working maybe a younger age for that reason right like we just we almost want to prove ourselves I yeah because it's just like it's just in the way that we kind of live like our experience and it just it comes out as wanting to try as hard as we can and sometimes that manifests in that we happen to succeed younger because we've been going at it for so long exactly and oh my god i hate that whole thing of like oh people that can like write young probably have some type of privilege like monetary privilege or it's so irritating 
Oh, I hate it so much. I saw this thing. I'm not going to go into like any depth because I mean, you already know what I'm talking about. But like it was an author <laughs> talking about how people that like publish young don't know what they're doing. Um, a lot of them, their books aren't good. And they're like really, really like, I don't know, cocky. And I don't know. It was just really awful. I just, I find that so much of the criticism is just like, there are valid like, cons of publishing young that have nothing to do with like people being condescending that when people are like saying oh why you shouldn't get published young it just somehow doesn't get mentioned like like for example if you really wanted to build a case against young writers you could say like you know a lot of us just we we aren't like we don't know how to do our taxes we're not like um like we don't know a lot of like life stuff in a sense or like it's really hard on your mental health if you're young and like going into a professional industry like all of that is valid but instead what we get is oh young writers turn out to be assholes like <laughs> what <laughs> why how could why why can't old people be assholes too there are plenty of old assholes <laughs> there are so yeah. many old assholes so there are so many that's the that's the pull quote for this for this podcast oh my god i'm gonna put it there like <laughs> <laughs> There are so many assholes. <laughs> Chloe Gong. Chloe Gong cancelled. And yeah, we have so much more to say, but I guess um, without getting cancelled, let's move on. <laughs> uh, do your professors and friends know about like your publishing and what were their reactions? They do. So the reason why my professors know is because my school actually put out a whole article about it because they're very proud of me, which I'm very happy about. Um, But my professors don't really make that big of a deal out of it because I think um, there are quite a lot of like pen alum or like pen, pen students and alum who are actually in the Y industry like right now and I like disproportionately so like it's kind of I'm like very curious as to why we're so overly represented in YA but there are a lot of us there so I don't think it's like too surprising to my professors anymore they're like yeah we've got we've got you know authors all the bunch but they're still really they're still really really um supportive of it um the day after my like article came out in the school paper, one of my, oh well, actually two of my professors who were teaching the same class, they printed out hard copies of my article and distributed it to the whole class. And like, at the time, like I wanted to die, right? Because they're all reading an article with my face plastered on the first page. But like, like I wanted to die, but also really, really nice. Like I was very like flattered that they would do that. Um, and yeah, like my college friends are really impressed because like to them, like publishing is this like mythical like land of like that you just can't access. It's like a celebrity world, but less cool. Um, so when I told them about my book deal news, they were very like, oh my God, you're going to be famous. And I'm like, I'm not, not going to be famous, but thank you for believing in me. <laughs> oh, that's so lovely. I feel like that's so cute. I, I like that your, um, your professors were like, handing them out in the class like proud parents um with me i didn't tell anyone for a very long time because i feel like it's so awkward to tell people and um 
I've started slowly telling people. It's like I'm coming out to them. <laughs> and I tell them all in They're different ways. Exactly. Oh my god, like whenever people ask me in real life, oh what's your Twitter? I'm like, I don't have Twitter. And the thing is they usually ask me after they've seen the app on my phone. <laughs> like they're looking down. Someone's like, hey, what's your number? You visibly texting. Oh, I don't have a phone. <laughs> um, yeah, that's literally me. That's I'm the meme. And um, slowly I had to come out to my friends about like, oh yeah, I, I have a book deal. And all of them were like different reactions. One of my friends, she bought me lunch. Um, I don't know why, but like she was like, oh yeah, I'll buy you lunch. And I was like, thank you. Because um, it's hard out here. And um, <laughs> and then another one of my friends, whenever we're at parties, he's always like, oh yeah, she's going to be like a big writer. And I feel like they don't realise it's a secret. So like, um, I kind of have to give them a look, like, stop talking. <laughs> stop speaking right now. <laughs> but yeah, and then my professors don't really know. Only one of them knows. Um, because I had to go to an event in London and I'd already missed a lot of classes. And she was like, um, what's your reasoning? And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, I have a book deal and I'm going to an event. And she was like, oh, my God, well done. And that was uh-huh. it. But, yeah, my university doesn't have that much alum, but they have, I don't know if you know Ali Smith. She, she's just, like, queer writer and she's so cool and I want to meet her one day. But, yeah, she went to my university. And, actually, the next question we kind of already answered, but if you have any more, like, to input, I guess. So... There's a lot of talk about ageism and people who publish young. What are some things you've heard people say and what are your thoughts on those things? I think there is, like, obviously there is a, like, ageism problem with older writers and there's an ageism, pro- like, problem in general in society. Like, it's not that there isn't. I just think a lot of the times when people are, like, well-intentionally trying to fight back against older ageism, they do it by diminishing younger writers. And it's, like... That's not the way to go about it. Like, think about who your audience is. Like, especially YA writers. Like, a lot of, like, YA fans are also, you know, like, really interested in writing. And Gen Z especially, like, more and more, they're on Twitter. Like, I know there's a lot of talk about teenagers aren't on Twitter. Like, what? Anyway. Um, uh... A lot of, like, Gen Z readers now are, like, on social media, and more than ever, they're, like, really connected to the people that they read, that they're fans of, and they like to hear what's going on in, like, your lives. So, when you think you're having an inner industry discussion of, like, ageism, and you decide to combat it by saying, like, oh, well, you know, it's really great that, it's really great to get published later. True. But then if you, like reason it by saying oh it's because like 20 year olds just can't write like i'm sorry but go back when i read back at the stuff i wrote when i was 20 like it's shit and i'm like okay like that may be true for you but to generalize that to all 20 year olds is one unfair and two a lot of your audience will be younger aspiring writers and they will see it and they will be discouraged and i think that's just really sad when that that wasn't your intention because your intention was to uplift other writers who are feeling like disenfranchised because of their older age and to do so you can't like there are plenty of valid arguments for why ageism is sucky without trying to trash younger writers agreed 
And I think that um, so much of it, like, just really makes people that get, like, um, book deals at a younger age feel like they didn't deserve it and that they shouldn't celebrate it. For the longest time, I didn't want people to know my age and I felt very embarrassed and I wouldn't tell people my age. They would find out randomly, like, oh, my God, Farida is a child. And um, <laughs> and I'd be like, yeah. Um, but I never felt like a child until I came into publishing and I felt very, like, looked down on. And so, as you were saying, like, they're trying to do a good thing and, like, make sure there's no, like, ageism and to show that there's people that can publish at any age. But, like, they, they do that, that in a way that makes it so people that are young um, are kind of crapped all over. And it's awful because, like, you know, when you're younger and you're, like, a teenager, you want to be a published author and then you see everybody discouraging you saying it's never going to happen or it's, like, teenagers should just stay away. I think that's just really awful and... That's a demographic you're writing for, so... Right, right. Like, it's also, I think more than ever, like, people who are younger are going to have, like, more self-esteem, like, I don't want to say issues, because that's not what I'm going for. Like, they're going to, it's just, I feel like it's even more important to be gentle towards younger artists. Like, they've lived less of life. Like, don't be so harsh on, like, big umbrella declarations like the truth is there are like less of us like the majority of people in publishing right now are in their late 20s in their 30s in their early 40s like, demographics wise if we did like a count of every author like i'm sure that's what the results would be um so when book deal announcements come out and they're like oh this 20 year old author like Yes, I do agree that the reason why a lot of the time publishing says that is because, like, you know, publishing loves, like, hyping up the younger people. Like, that. in that sense, there is an ageism problem where society at large cares about the youth, right? But I don't think, like, crapping on the fact that they've made this announcement is fair because the reason why it's included is because it's really, it's pretty rare still for, like, a 19-year-old, 20-year-old, 21-year-old to get a book deal. Like, the reason why it appears in announcements is because it's something to be celebrated, because this young person has worked hard and gotten here before, like, what is expected when it's, like, they're, they're not a part of the majority, is what I mean. So I just think it's unfair when people are like, we should stop doing that, because, well, then you're telling this person that, they shouldn't be proud of their age and they should just hide it because it's like not i don't know i don't know what the word i'm going for is but either way i think it's a i think it's something that people need to look at with nuance rather than just declaring the whole industry a pack of crap agreed and um i wanted to shout out like some authors who like published young that i think are pretty cool and people like um Alice Oseman, who published um, Solitaire, I Was Born For This, Radio Silence, and then the Heartstopper series. And she was 17. And then, and her books are amazing. And then there's Samantha Shannon, who got her book deal while she was in university. And she got a huge, like, book deal for, like, um, The Bone Season. And she's, like, an amazing writer. And then there's Tomi Adeyemi. Um, there's people like Lila Lee, who's coming out with her books this year. Um, I love Lila. I know, she's so lovely. Um, there's Tashi, right? Um, oh, yes, Tashi, Counting Down With You, 2020 on Inkyard Press. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> so 
already. <laughs> uh, there's Cameron Garrett, who published her book when she was 19. So, like, there's so many cool people. And as long as they're not being rude to you, like, just support each other in this industry. Right? Everyone be nice to each other. Please. <laughs> <laughs> we're begging. <laughs> and did your agent know you were at university? I feel like you already kind of covered it, but... So, I, I put my university in my career letters because I was like, you know what? If they're going to, like... I was like, I may as well get it out there from the get-go, right? Because... There are certain, like, there are agents who are really respectable and I respect, but they are very public about the fact that they don't think younger writers are going to handle publishing or they don't think younger writers are, like, as good as, you know, older writers. It's whatever. But um, I think when I was querying, my, like, my logic was, you know what, if someone's going to see my age in my query letter and they're going to, like, judge me badly against it and they're just going to auto-reject me, then that's that's a rejection I wanted, you know? Like, I'd rather be rejected from the get-go than, like, have them read it and then have them learn my age and be like, oh, actually, um, you know, I'd rather it just be in the open. So I queried saying that I was a rising sophomore and everyone knew. So, yeah, so my agent knew and she was, like, great about it. So I was lucky. Same, in my query letter, I had, I kind of alluded to the fact that I was at university, but I didn't really go into the specifics, and so my agent asked me when we met up, oh yeah, by the way, like, um, like, what are you doing at university, and then that's when she found out, and she was great as well, um, I think that a lot of agents, I think, don't care about your age, but there are some that have explicitly said on Twitter and stuff that they really are weary about people that are in university, or or like less than university, like um, high school, which is sad. Yeah, it's just, I don't know, like a good book is a good book, you know? <laughs> I agree, I feel like you shouldn't be judging people based on their age. If they can write a book you like, then that's all that matters at the end of the day. Yeah, and it's also just like, you know, like that's the whole, that's the whole argument when people are like, you know, oh, I'm almost 50, can I still get published? And the advice is always, if you wrote a good book, you wrote a good book. Um, but for some reason, the same doesn't seem to apply to, like, a high schooler. Like, they'll be like, oh, you know, high schoolers are too busy. They're, they're trying to, like, learn shit and grow up. But at the same time, like, some people are full-time mothers. Some people are working three other jobs. Like, if an older thinks they can handle it and they're querying for it, then they can handle it. It does nothing to do with age, I don't think. Yeah, I agree. I think some people are going through so much... But they want to be a writer, and so it doesn't matter. Like, um, I've got friends who have so many part-time jobs, and they make it work because, obviously, we're all trying to chase this dream. And so, um, like, I was, I had a, a really annoying um, time-consuming job on top of university when I was doing my triple degree, and then writing. And I feel like, um, I feel like I was doing the same amount of work as, like, someone that might have, like, four kids and also a job. So I think people just need to kind of focus on the writer and what they're doing rather than um, their age. That's the message of this podcast (laughs) episode. That's the big motto of this (laughs) entire thing. And what advice would you give to people who wanted to get published in, like, published in university or high school? I think the, like, the primary thing to keep in mind is that it's okay if it doesn't happen. Like, I think 
a big thing is that so many people put like deadlines or like time pressures on themselves like oh i have to get an agent like like especially if you start young um and if you started writing like at a really young age like we did and it's like oh i have to get an agent for this year or i have to have to get a book deal before this before i hit this age which i think a lot of young people do to themselves um and i think first and foremost like it's you can't put that type of pressure on yourself because like publishing on one hand like it is about the sacrifice you put in and the time you spend writing but it's also like the market like you can't control it you can only do the best that you can and i think at the end of the day while our whole spiel it, it is okay to be a young writer it's also like you can't put pressure on yourself to be a young like quote-unquote published author like you are itself already like doing the most you can if you're trying to get published in high school university but um while keeping in mind that it's not it's not a reflection on you the author if like if you don't hit whatever like um what's the word like goals you want to hit at a certain age i think the most you can do is just find the time to like be writing because it's so like and i think this goes to anyone honestly it just you have to be like picking and choosing the sacrifices you're making and like the priorities you're giving because like so often if you're in university it's like oh well do i go hang out with my friends or do i finish the chapter and i think it, it comes down to balance because you can't just ignore everything else and finish a book because that's going to be bad on mental health but if, like to be really serious about it it's also about like putting in the time and and i think it's fair with people who like miss don't necessarily want to be putting in the time or they can't be putting in the time and i don't think it's like it's not something you have to be doing it's just if you're really really going for it then put in the work and it just see where it goes from there and don't be hard on yourself that's really good advice i think um so many people even people that are in their 20s not just high schoolers like they're all they all kind of like are scared of being 30 i think like society has made 30 like an age where it seems like that's when you die um, <laughs> but like i've had to like kind of reprogram my thinking and remember that like 30 is very young and even if like you're 40 that's still very young like i think it no is. age it's, is it's not even like half of the life expectancy now like, right it's so young it's just like I think the pressure of trying to do things before you're 30 in any industry um, is just so much that people need to like just chill before you give yourself like problems with like anxiety and stuff. Um, I think that definitely my anxiety issues comes from the pressure I put on myself when I was younger to get into a very good university, but also to like constantly be doing well at school and also trying to like get a book deal and yeah, I really agree with you. I think that um, we should just, like, do writing because you, like, want to improve your craft, I guess. Because everything you write um, is, like, working towards getting better anyway. And so, yeah. Write. Don't listen to people that say that you shouldn't be. My parents were, like, quite practical with their advice. They would say, like, you can be a writer on the side, but you have to kind of be practical and have a good job. And I was like, there's plenty of writers, like huge writers that like don't have like jobs that are not writing. And then um, 
my dad took me to Cassandra Clare because I loved her when I was a teenager. I still love her, love her now. But um, so I was obsessed with the sh- like Shadowhunters Chronicles, and um, we went to her signing in London. And Cassandra Clare was talking about her like journey to becoming a, an author. And she said how she was like trying to be practical and like um, did like accounting on the side. And my dad looked at me <laughs> and I was like, Cassandra. Cassandra, <laughs> <laughs> um, So yeah, um, they wanted me to be practical. But I think that you should, so my whole thing when I was younger, when I was 18, there was a point where I was just like, okay, my worst fear is like waking up one day and I'm like, I've like wasted a lot of years doing something I don't like. And I always look back with regret. I'm really scared of that. So I was just like, might as well. So that's, that's my advice. That's deep. That's deep. I like that. <laughs> avoid regret. That's the way to live life, honestly. I think that that's the only way you can live life. Like there's no age limit and everything. So even if you're in a point where you're like, I don't know, a little bit older and you've lived life in a different way that you that you would have wanted to there's still time to just live without regret so age doesn't matter and that was the final claire was an accountant she was oh my god i think i only know it because she came to london obviously but like i was shook i I couldn't imagine her being an accountant yeah Damn. I was shook when I learned that her real name wasn't Cassandra Clare. Me too. <laughs> like, I was like, are you kidding me? Like, my whole life is a lie. Um, I remember I looked on Wikipedia and it was, I think, Judith, something like that. Yeah, it's Judith. And I was like, who the <laughs> hell is Judith? <laughs> oh my God. Uh, I used to love Cassandra Clare. Like, I read all her books in like a week and I was just obsessed with her. When I met her, she got like my book, like the um, I think I got City of City of something signed. <laughs> that it, down. <laughs> it does right, and I got it signed right, and um, she, so it was one of them that had like tabs in it, and I had like annotated the book and everything, and then she opened it up to like the worst oh. part. It was like, oh <laughs> it was like a sex scene. But like it was between, um, I had tabbed it because I thought it was hella weird, and I was just like making my notes, like. <laughs> um. So she was opening it. It had to be. It had to be City of Heavenly Fire then, because that was. Yes. The, that was the sex scene. Oh my god! It was. Days. Oh my yeah. god! When they had sex in hell. Yes, and he put a condom. <laughs> I was like, this is not a priority. Like the world is gonna end get out of there and it was like 10 pages like of them just like in the pool and i was like this is this is just not what i need <laughs> and cassie opened it up and she was like i see you tap this <laughs> looking at me like and i was like no <laughs> i was just like frozen because she was like <laughs> that was my interaction with cassie cassandra claire Embarrassing. I'm sure she's gotten. I'm sure she's gotten a lot worse. To be honest, I think she definitely has. Yeah. I'm not special. <laughs> oh god, I'm dying. <laughs> yeah, I love how I can't. <laughs> this really just this took a turn. It did. Um, yeah. it started off with like some, you know, ranting about like ageism, and now we're talking about sex in like the devil's land. So. <laughs> Wait, I saw the funniest tweet. I can't remember who did it. 
Um, but someone, an account I really like following was like, guys, can you believe that Clary oh canonically God. invented birth control in the shadow of the universe? <laughs> I saw Clary. that. <laughs> Clary's amazing. I don't know what a search to find that out, but <laughs> I don't. I don't me. remember that. So like, I'm just shook. Like, um, what does she do? Did she create a rune or something? Yeah, but like, in the Shadowhunter universe, all the runes that Clary creates was given to her by the angel. So the angel literally decided, okay, I think it's time that the Shadowhunters had birth control. <laughs> <laughs> the angel has priorities. <laughs> Maybe the angel was tired that, like, all these people were, like, being silly and, like, running around Idris and, like, just end the whole population. Going at it. Going at it. Exactly. Damn. I'm so... I still haven't finished reading the last series, The Dark Artifices. Same. But Chain, Chain of Gold is coming out. And I'm so jealous of everyone with their giant chunky arcs like it's so big it's huge she's thick it's so she is so thick man i'm really jealous of everyone that's up to date i think i'm i have only not read oh a lot actually i haven't read the last hours and i haven't read the dark artifices um i think that's basically it because i read Shadowhunter academy and i cried um yeah someone died right at the end i I didn't want to talk about it It was so depressing because I, I, they made you fall in love with him. Oh, God. It's always the way she does it. You fall in love and then they die. Honestly. I always am scared of telling like other fantasy writers that um, I like Sandra Clare because I feel like um, I need to like some like high fantasy, but I'm not allowed mm. to like um, Sandra. <laughs> yeah. I mean, The Mortal Instruments was literally like the first series that I like stand actually that's not true the first series i stand was uh the fall the fallen series by lauren kate oh i heard of that yeah it was like it was wild is all i'll say <laughs> there were just so many like icons of the early 2010s you know wow the paranormal the paranormal um trend i was i was on that i read all of them i missed that time i same it was just things were so like unabashedly like trashy i loved it and now people like mock the trash from back then and they're like oh i'm so glad we've moved on from there and i'm like oh yeah sure (laughs) like i just want people to bring back the trash but with like more poc like i think that's what we deserve you know like i don't want your high-end shit anymore like i just do i look like i i I should not say this i should not say this (laughs) i'm gonna get (laughs) cancelled that's the biggest fear (laughs) before we get cancelled um let's like end on like a note do you have any last words Um, do what you like. Life is like not that deep, and be like Clary and invent runes for birth control. <laughs> Life is not deep. Take birth control if yeah. you have those organs. Yes. Yeah, that's that's the end note. <laughs> <laughs> 
Where can people find you on social media so they can see into your head? Oh, my website is thechloegong.com. So that's the and Chloe and G-O-N-G. Actually, I should spell Chloe. Okay, Chloe, C-H-L-O-E. I always think everyone knows how to spell Chloe. And then I go to Starbucks and people spell it like C-L-O-E-Y. And I'm like, guys, this is, this is the seventh most common name in America. Like, what is happening? Like, at the very least, spell it with a K, like Chloe Kardashian, but with a Y. Yeah, but... I am thechloegong.com and I am at thechloegong on both Twitter and Instagram where I post about my life in uni and in publishing. Thank you so much for joining me today. Yes, thank you so much for having me, even through all technological issues. (laughs) (laughs) It was nice having you on and I'm going to put everything that Chloe has like said in the show notes. Um... But yeah, bye.